Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trinsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone, and welcome to How Did We Get Here? The only, uh, what is it, audio road trip without any breaks? Is that what we're going with? That's close enough. It's not quite... It's not quite as tightly branded. We'll figure no. it out probably in season Why two. Why do we have the word only in there? <laughs> well, I love the idea of podcasts saying they're the only... I used to do a few yeah, game things, and I said, we're the only gaming podcast on the internet. It's just so fun to yeah, say. I understand that, but it's just so... It's We put it in the slogan of like, we already have a slogan of the audio road trip. That's what it was. Audio road trip with no breaks. Yeah, that's and what it was. It's why do we have the only audio road trip with no breaks? It's like Burger King, the only place to have it your way. Oh, because nobody else does it like us. Hi, everybody. I'm Zach. That's Jacob. No, I'm already on a tangent. Subway, <laughs> eat fresh only. You can Just, only eat fresh at Subway. Yeah. All right. Anyways, back to the intro. You really just stole it for that one bit. That's crazy. You thank stole you. it away from me. That yeah. Okay. First thing I want to say is thank you, listener, for clicking on this. I get it. I understand. It's a little strange, but I'm glad that you you wanted to uh, you wanted to partake in what we were throwing at you. And if you don't know what that big word means, eugenics, noun, the study of how to arrange reproduction within a human population to increase the occurrence of heritable, heritable? Can I, I'm not, I lost this challenge, dude. Characteristics regarded as desirable. I mean, I think it's like heritable. Yeah, it's like hereditary, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways, heritable, adjective. Yeah. (laughs) You go ahead and uh, list that off. Oh, okay, sorry. Of a characteristic transmissible from parent to offspring. Now, don't close the podcast yet. I get it. I, <laughs> it's only getting worse. You clicked on it and it's only getting... But we had this idea when we were looking at the canon of mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse characters, right? The pantheon of characters yeah. in Mickey Mouse. And there's this ongoing question, which I'm sure you, dear listener, have asked yourself, what is Goofy? I'm sure right? everyone has asked themselves this. I don't think we're the first to break ground on it, but I think we're the first to stress what? It's very bizarre. Now, Why? obviously, a lot of people have mm-hmm. asked this question, right? Mickey owns a dog who's Pluto. Named Pluto. Yes, yeah. I'm following. And a lot of people are cool with that. Goofy's also a dog, but only one of them can talk and stand upright and be a part of normal functioning society. So a lot and of people reproduce. That too. Yeah, he gets to have a family. And a lot of people yeah. are just like, wow, that's weird, LOL. But that's not good enough for me. I have questions. Is, 
like what is okay so goofy is a functioning member of society i think it's less of that and more of what is pluto like what <laughs> separates from him is he just i i don't know like is he developmentally slow i think or it's is the he opposite just, you think Goofy is just a very advanced dog? No, I did. Well, sort of. I think Goofy is sort of a um, a perversion of the dog in its natural form, in the same way that like a pug isn't meant to look like that. Right? Yeah, pugs uh -huh. are bred to be. Uh, they have breathing problems. Their faces are smushed. They, it's just it's it's an abomination, right? But it's kind of cute. I think Goofy is a dog stretched beyond its natural limits. Um, may, I don't know if there were like progenitors of Goofy that showed signs of speaking. Yeah, You know what I mean? But I think it is telling the fact that even though Goofy can talk and, you know, uh, be a part of the world and have a job and have kids, he's still really stupid. So something's wrong. Uh, I did wrong. a quick Google search of dogs in Disney and it links... It shows a poster of all the dogs, the Dalmatian, Lady and the Tramp, Bolt, Pluto, etc. And Goofy is just sitting there in the corner. If you want to look at it, I sent you the link. <laughs> and what? it's this is this confuses me more because it looks like the only difference between Pluto and Goofy is that he's wearing clothes. And is it oh that God. simple? Oh my god, you're right. Well, do you think the clothes the clothes make the man? Right? You think it yeah. just, Do you think he, it quite literally makes the man in this situation? Well, okay, so let's let's look at this. Let's break this down. Guys, I want to link this image somewhere in the in in the in the description for this because Goofy is wearing a hat and gloves. And now I'm like, is this a Frosty the Snowman thing? Oh my god. I who is a creator of Goofy then, if not God? Well, the tailor. Whoever created this magical hat and gloves, right? Do you think Mickey had two dogs at one point? <laughs> I feel like Mickey probably owned Goofy in his uh -huh. infancy, like when he's a puppy. And then when Goofy showed signs of intelligent communication and sentience mickey was like oh shit and he like let him go just so he would never know you know so yeah. it's like an airbud thing like goofy or mickey dropped him off in the middle of the woods drove away told him not to follow and then goofy just like made do i it, you know how like there are tons of people in the world who put like sweaters on their dogs and stuff like that sure what are they trying to do what do they know you think they're trying to to to, to I think there is a hefty correlation between Disney people and those who put their dogs in sweaters. Yeah, yeah, I don't I think there's no question there because at the base of it is like this creature I'm ascribing human emotion to. Mm -hmm. This wild animal is my friend. Yeah. You know? That's yeah, no, that's a good point. And what is Mickey hiding? Maybe everybody's trying to create their own Goofy. Yeah, and also in this picture, Stitch is present, I'd like to mention. And that is not a dog. Well, I mean, that's like the, the thing in the movie, right? He They think yeah, he's they a dog. Yeah, they say he's a dog. But I think that's a 
even larger perversion than what Goofy is. <laughs> Somebody, whoever made this image, like stopped halfway through Lilo and Stitch. They're like, <laughs> they oh, he's a dog. The punchline. Maybe maybe they missed the first fifteen minutes. They were getting popcorn in the lobby, uh-huh. and then they're like, oh, he's a dog. Yeah, all right. And then they left immediately. So Goofy dresses his kids. Do you think he he knows too much? No, no, I think he does what comes natural. He he's never taken the clothes off, and he's just like, that's well. honestly an excellent point. Yeah. Um, let me ruin my search history. Uh, shirtless Goofy. Uh, I just want to see if there's any canon on this. Okay, there is Goofy training for the gymnastics, but he does have boxers on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, fan art here for shirtless Goofy. Yeah, I see the first one. Shirtless Goofy yeah. dancing. He's not yeah. even dancing there. He's like, no. Down. <laughs> if you're bored and want to see the beauties of the internet, yeah, it doesn't look like there's any real shirtless Goofy. And I'm sure there's like tons of shirtless Mickey. Mickey actually doesn't even have a shirt now that I'm thinking about it. I think there's one scene. I think in... he's doing that as a powerful power move. <laughs> you think so? All yeah. his power come for the shorts. I, think I don't that, think uh, I think he's a being on his own. Like I think he is a functioning member of society on his own, and he is playing God. And he is. I don't think he wears a shirt to remind Goofy that he is better than him. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Mickey just is. I think in the same way that we're looking at like Goofy being created from some other power. You know, who mm-hmm. created Mickey? I don't. I think Mickey has been a universal constant. <sighs> Wait, Since time immemorial. I, I think we're on to something here. Yeah. I mean, oh, Minnie wears a shirt. Donald wears only a shirt. I think the power's in the turtleneck for Goofy. Yeah, maybe all of them got powers from individual pieces of clothing. Donald somehow, like, it, he has to be a sailor. I don't know. It is kind of weird that Donald's a sailor, but nobody else has, like, a job, right? Well, yeah, what does Goofy do? Why is he in the Navy? I feel like Goofy... In the extremely goofy movie, I think his job, I think he, I want to say he just does like finances or something like that. I think it's something very anticlimactic. In goofy movie, he worked at the mall, right? He took pictures. Um, and thought, actually there, there is oh, a scene of him. Oh, he tried to get a job in extremely goofy movie, but he needed yeah. his bachelor's and that's the entire plot. That's what it was. But Which I is do, honestly very real. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that's, that yeah, relatable, goofy, yeah. Um, there is a scene in Goofy movie where he is shirtless now that I'm thinking about it, where he's in the hot tub with Pete. You remember oh, that scene? I, I do. that scene weird? What is Pete? And also, do you know? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm asking a lot of uh, questions. <laughs> do you know what Goofy's first name is? Uh, I know what Donald's middle name is, but what I don't know. What is Donald's middle name? Do you really want to know? Yeah. Fauntleroy. That was my second guess. Swear um, to God, it's not a joke. There's an NES game that I used to play all the time as a kid about Disney World, and that's a trivia question in the game, and I'll never forget it. What's Goofy's wow. first name? Uh, well, Goofy is nothing but a nickname, and his name is George Geef. <laughs> Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waverhood, she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. 
Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. No, it's not. Okay. You look, some look. you you stumbled on a fan fiction. No, I've known this for a while. Goofy Type in name. George Geef on Google and just tell me what pops up. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Originally known as Dippy Dog. He, <laughs> <I like laughs> which Dippy is Dog. very funny. Which is very funny. Dippy he, Dog sounds like his slave name. <laughs> and then he put the shirt on and became George G. Geef. Actually, that's true. Like he was just a dog before, but yeah. now he's going to ascend <laughs> and become the greater. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's funny. Oh, imagine if you put a shirt on your dog and then they stood upright and demanded you called them George. Man. I would I would submit. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah, yeah you would I have to. Wow. <laughs> that's so I, good. I do like how the most frequently asked questions on Google. This is a very Google-filled episode because I don't think we possess the power, the knowledge of these situations of what is Goofy's real name? Was Goofy supposed to be a cow? What was Goofy's first appearance? And who invented Goofy? Which I think that is the question we've been asking. And yeah. the answer is the Walt Disney Company. <laughs> yeah, the, the, that's really at the core of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, my, on my, for some reason, the second most searched thing for Goofy for me is Goofy a cow. Like, uh -huh. they, they didn't even ask the question, like, is Go they, no, Goofy a cow, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got the Yahoo answers of why can Goofy talk, but Pluto can't. And they just say, Goofy is not a dog. He is a person who resembles a dog, like how Mickey is a person who resembles a mouse. Pluto, however, huh? is an actual dog, which is why he can't talk. And I don't think that answers a single question. I just have more. So Mickey yeah. is a person? Who resembles a mouse. And Goofy is a person who resembles a dog. But but okay. Mickey was lucky enough to have the last name Mouse. Same with Donald. He just, he's, he's uh, yeah. a person that, you can't guess, resemble a duck. You either have a bill or you don't. Yeah, I, that creates a much larger conundrum, morally, for me. Mm, so Goofy has pronounced whiskers and Pluto doesn't i think that's just a breed thing though yeah they're what's like a breed mustache. is goofy um george <laughs> he's uh what kind of dog is that that's a good point it's it's a it's a uh what i mean what is pluto supposed to be because i feel like he's just a dog like he's yeah. not a golden retriever it's but. it's funny because he's just like the quintessential dog I think he's a oh, Labrador. Oh, he's a bloodhound. Oh, he's a blood... Yeah. No, I guess so, because he's, like, all, like... Uh, he's got a lot of skin. He's kind of floppy. I was going to yeah. say lab, but no, I think he's a bloodhound. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bloodhound. Which is sort of ominous, right? The term that, bloodhound that comes from, you know, you're, you're a hunting dog. Uh-huh. I think he wow. hunted a lot in the old cartoons. That, like, Mickey shot birds. Yeah, that makes sense. Which creates new birds problems, man. Resemble humans. Exactly. So they're a fair game. Do you think he maybe he's getting th this is stupid. I'm going yeah, full like like yeah, teenager no. fanfic. I was gonna say he's assembling an army. <laughs> okay. This so is what is there's like a gene, right? There's yeah. a gene that seems to be random. <laughs> and I guess if you got it. I mean, it's like being a superhero, you know? Yeah. You're just born with it sometimes. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's really what it is. And I think anything beyond that would be too fan theory for me. Yeah. I'm 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 finding difficulty finding where the toe the line because now uh-huh. I'm also thinking about Chip and Dale, right? Who they're are, just chipmunks. Well, hold on. They're not people resembling chipmunks. Wait a minute, though, because they're just chipmunks, and all they do is titter about and eat acorns until yeah. they put on clothes, become the rescue rangers, and oh then they solve god. crimes. Oh my god! What? There's something in the clothes in the Disney yes. universe. I think we've solved it. There, for some reason, when you put on attire, you mm-hmm. are you become and you become functional. Like you can, you are cognitive now, and you can actually accomplish tasks beyond your meager whatever instinct it you have. It seems as an to animal. be in the shirts. For Goofy, it's in the turtleneck, mm-hmm. but for Mickey, he does not need a shirt. I I think there is something very special, very demented, dare I say, about our favorite little mouse. Actually, I'm looking at something else, and here's Minnie in just a skirt from the older cartoons. <laughs> It's something I think the mouse is like top of the food chain in this world because they seem to have the most power with the less the least amount of clothes. Well, they also are. I I think they're the smartest. So not only like do they have the most power, but like Goofy can't think his way out of a paper bag. Donald is smart, but he is prone to fits of emotion. Yeah. And he is somewhat like he's lacking the cerebral cortex. He's a slave to his lizard brain. And I think Mickey has forethought. And I think that's a that's actually a big deal when it comes to humanity is being able to uh, know plans and consequences for actions. Yeah. Object permanence and things of the such. Yeah, I think it comes down to what clothes you're wearing. I think if you put the sweater on Mickey, he loses everything. So I think that's his greatest fear. Of being clothed? I think yeah. like he's put on a sweater before or something. But that turtleneck in particular, I think it comes down to, like, the pants that Mickey is wearing might just be the source of his power. And if he ever, like, swapped clothes with Donald, he would just get angry, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the sailor outfit makes Donald prone to fits of passion. There's a lot to unpack here. I'm just looking at all the I'm just pictures. scrolling through all the <laughs> Disney characters from this era, and it's just, like, Minnie Mouse, Max Goof, Clarabelle Cow... Pete, Scrooge McDuck, Soar from Kingdom Hearts, Horace, Horace. <laughs> I mean, if, if, like, what is Sora then? Sor- well, Sora's from a different universe, right? He's that's, a yeah, Nimura creation. He's just, but I will answer, uh, Pete is a cat. Pete's a cat? I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I didn't know that. Isn't that weird, though? Because, like, he's so he's much big. bigger than everybody. C- yeah, cats can be big sometimes, but Not that I guess. big. Not that big. He's like... Oh, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, well, I think that's... No, that makes sense. Because he's the cat and Mickey's the mouse. So you have to do that, right? If he's oh, like one yeah, of the early guys... Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. Steamboat Willie, you know, like that's just it's the classic. Got it. Yeah, I'll give it up. Okay, Disney. Not bad. <sighs> I feel like we really dug ourselves a hole this episode. <laughs> I feel like we're coming out i we could come out the other end you know what i mean i'm just i think it's very hard to break this into talking about fast i think when you title an episode eugenics you're talking about eugenics well there we could there are other canons right there are other i think the problem is that disney is so much in its own uh sort of 
lane that you can't really get on it. Like Bugs doesn't wear clothes. Daffy doesn't wear clothes. No. And they're not even trying to be functional members of society, really. Like Bugs no, just like, lives in his Mickey home. has a job and everything. And then it brings the question of Mortimer Mouse. Yeah, yeah. Are you aware of Mortimer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Explain it for the people that don't know, though. Oh, my God, dude. Mortimer Mouse, also known as Mickey's rival. Mickey Mouse, if if I'm correct, I've done my fair share of research on this little whimsical little bastard. Of He was the namesake of Disney, but Walt Disney's wife did not like Mortimer Mouse, so they created another character who was the rival to Mickey named Mortimer Mouse. And he is tall. He is sexist. He is... <laughs> A prankster. And he's supposed to be the antithesis. Like, I'm on his wiki right now, and his likes are women, winning, pranks, money, himself, and tormenting Mickey. Dislikes, rejection, being insulted, Donald Duck's voice. Wait, he's Minnie's ex? Oh, he's Minnie's ex. That This is far before the canon of Mickey Mouse, but... Mortimer Mouse really only comes back in episodes of Disney stuff when Minnie's trying to make Minnie or Mickey jealous. So and that's he falls his whole for function. it every time. Yeah, I, I think he really fights for the little man. I think Mickey is the voice of capitalism, of Disney and everything, and Mortimer is really the voice of the little guy, yet he's shoved into the vault with everything else Disney does. Well, let's not give him too much credit. Let's he's he's kind of misogynistic slimeball, right? He's like a salt of the earth. Yeah, dude. sometimes. But <laughs> can we get any sort of uh consistency with this guy? N I think no. he's just it's all over the place. He was in Disney's Once Upon a Christmas, and I have to say I don't think that's canon to the Mortimer Mouse personality. Because mm. you, you only have so much to go off of, but in this, he's like this rich billionaire employing Minnie who's like harassing her. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think that's the Mortimer Mouse I know. I think that's a red herring. That's in the Christmas universe, which is exactly. not the same as the other one. It's ones. very different. Yeah. Mickey has a harmonica and sold it to get her, like he would, know. Oh, Gift of the Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. I've seen that. Yeah, But yeah, yeah, I yeah. do think Mortimer Mouse is in a very peculiar position because he's almost like the Waluigi of the Disney universe, if that makes yeah. sense. No, absolutely. And, and I would like to provide a follow-up point to that if he is in disney sports basketball soccer football golf and cross crossy road no he's not oh yeah he is in the video games yeah he is and he serves as the final boss in disney golf which is like that's just exactly what waluigi is who is picking mortimer mouse but hear me out mortimer mouse is extremely tall, dare I say the highest power of the cast, and yeah. always has pants. <laughs> and they're not short. Ah, okay. So, do we think there's something there as opposed to, like, Mickey, who wears the short pants and doesn't have a shirt? Like, I'm, I'm trying to find any level of consistency here. And let me say one more thing. Mortimer's catchphrase is ha cha cha. Does oh, that like do Jimmy Durante. Yeah, he's yeah. doing the Jimmy I uh, that guy. Yeah. That's a dated you gotta you gotta get with the times, Mortimer. What the hell? 
that's a, that's like the 30s, dude. What are you doing? Okay. Do you think it's possible that he's pulling the... No. No, I don't. He's pulling what? The strings. I don't think so. No. No, no, no. no. He is, he is I don't but think a he's appreciated enough. I think... I think Mickey is the real godfather of this Disney universe, and I think we all knew that. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the Waberhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the Waberhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. Yeah, I think I think you could come up with conspiracy theories that there's other stuff going on, but I think that's mm -hmm. all they are at the end. But yeah. one thing that I didn't even really think about uh, in regards to this whole Disney thing is Disney owns another franchise, which may or may not go into this. Probably not. No, probably not. So they own the Muppets, right? Okay, and, I'm listening. You know, and I'm thinking of this like the Muppets sort of are who they are. And I don't really know if there's anything there because like Kermit's the rational guy. Fozzie's the silly guy. But there are no other comparisons you can draw from it, right? Like no. there's little Kermit, but he's just a nephew. I don't think we can glean any information from the Muppets. Sadly. No, <laughs> I do not think they get to be a strong segue out of this whole <laughs> try as you wish, but we are stuck in here. That's a good point. Mortimer makes D Disney the little guy like Mortimer makes Mickey less than who he is. Yeah. By being tall. Yeah, I was going to say an asshole, but it really is just height. He, yeah, he's just some people are him. into that, you know. I I think it's crazy that Mortimer Mouse exists, but that's a the whole can of worms for some other time when I get to go on a rant about Mortimer Mouse. But I think if we want to go back to eugenics, how is this decided? Do we just think it's a random gene? Because I like your point of Chip and Dale having like. They become functional members of society once they put the clothes on. Sure, yeah. I think no, what I've it definitely is, seen them talk without it. Yeah, I mean, they could talk, right? And I think they're normal because, like, Chip and Dale have fed peanuts to elephants, and the elephants yeah. can't talk. So what I think oh. is you are genetically predisposed to either having the gift or not, right? And I don't know mm -hmm. if this is something that is passed on. Maybe It's the demon gene of... yeah the Disney universe. Yeah. There's something in your genetic code that allows you to understand and interpret language. And from there you can live in existence, but it's somewhat muted. You're, you're somewhat primal. You still follow your base instincts, but you are capable inherently of more. But then there is something about the clothing that then gives you the boost. I don't know what it is, but I do mm -hmm. think there's something there as opposed to just being a naked animal. Because some naked animals can talk, but then wearing the hat is so, it does so much. But it's so different. And I think it, you you look at it, and there's, if you look at any other real uh, other franchise, 
Like I said, Looney Tunes doesn't really have that. Muppets don't have that. Disney alone sort of wrote themselves into a corner with this goofy Pluto thing. Do you much think much like we did? Any of the employees are aware of this to like the conspiracy that we are? What do you mean? Like Disney employees? Yeah. Do you think they ask questions or just draw the funny dog? No, I don't think they care. Yeah, I don't think they do either. I don't think we should care if I'm being honest. No, I don't think so either. I think I think this is a question that everybody's asked at some point, and we have mm -hmm. gone to uh, the Earth's core on it. Yeah, I think we've exhausted all options. And I usually <laughs> like to go about these episodes and it's like, okay, we have a hook and then tangent, 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 tangent. And like, I think the laser tag one was kind of like, okay, we could break off at any moment and we chose not to. This one, I don't think they're, I think it's been, uh, it's like a road trip tying you all back together. Mm -hmm. It's been like a road trip where you just don't see an exit for like 30 miles. And you're <laughs> like, I hope I don't have to go to the bathroom. I hope I don't have to get gas. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. We've been, we're on this road for a long time. And uh, I, I think that there are only so many characters you could pull from because they've really struggled to make stars on their end. It's really just the one guy. They have movies and stuff, but those are always subject to their own canons. I feel like, I wonder, I wonder how many people in history Disney has influenced to get assassinated. A no, oh. no, no, not, not there. <laughs> the other way. To adopt a dog? Yeah. It's oh, got to yeah. be in the, in the like, 101 Dalmatians, Oliver and Company. Like, they have a lot of dog-themed stuff. I'll be honest. I did not know Dalmatians were real until I was, like, 16. Really? You thought they were just, like, yeah. a cartoon animal? Yeah. I guess I that never makes saw sense. One. They're I, not common. No, I never. I mean, when was the last time you saw a Dalmatian? And I don't. I still don't think I've seen a Dalmatian in person. Apparently, they're assholes. They're very mean. And they wanted a hundred one of them. Well, that's why she wanted to kill them. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. She just it, in in the new movie they kill her mom. Yeah. Did you see is, that? I I heard of it, and I think that's hilarious because I think a third grader could have written that plot line. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally the first thing I, I thought of is just like, why would she hate the... Oh, yeah, they definitely killed her parents. Perfect. Wrap it up. Apparently, 80% of Dalmatians are born deaf. Did you know that? That does not make sense in the movie. <laughs> they One of them clearly loves do not know TV. anything about Dalmatians. I think it's 30%. 30 or 40? I don't know. Dalmatians are mad deaf, which makes it seem very easy to sneak up on them and catch them. I feel like those So she's just bad at her job. Yeah, exactly. Like, the people she's hiring are terrible. Those guys... Which is a reflection of her, I would yeah. say. <laughs> she's the boss, You know, the right? employees represent the brand at the end of the day. And yeah, yeah, it just sounds like she's bad at her job, bad at her job selections. She's a... Uh, yeah, no, I have no sympathy for her for being bad at that. I have no sympathy for her because she was trying to skin a bunch of dogs, but no, you're right. Yeah. I'm looking yeah, at am. the list again now, the, the image that you sent, and I did not realize there were this many, dude. It's, Dogs? Yeah. There are yeah, so me... many breeds. Good Lord. Like Stitch. So the Lady and the Tramp, those are just dogs, but oh. I don't think humans can hear those dogs speak. See, that's the other thing, dude. You've got, like, the Stewie Griffin thing going on where, like, mm -hmm. we know what they're saying, but the others don't, but they can communicate to each other. Does can does this all take place in an animal universe? Has t has 
Oh okay. my god. Oh, dude, we're, hold we're on. back in the hole. Yeah, I'm back in here because now I'm wondering in the same way that like Mario goes to New Donk City and sees real humans. Sonic yeah. 06, he goes to Italy and he mm -hmm. meets, I think it's Italy, and he meets real people. Like, if has Mickey ever interacted with a human? Well, Mario's Italian. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I guess. He's like homunculus Italian, though. He's some, like, <laughs> he's like, it would be like. I think if, that is what he is. I feel like if Th it would be like. There's an asterisk on it. It would be like if an alien race came down to us and we were like, okay, thank you for visiting our planet. What are you called? And they were like, oh, we're Italians. You're like, wait, we already have those. Yeah, I'm looking for uh, Mickey Mouse meeting a human. And I can't see that. I I have pulled up Suicide Mouse on accident. Ah! Are, do you remember Suicide Mouse? I fondly, yeah. I I watched that a lot when I was. It's him walking on the street, right? Yeah, and like the film strip gets like demented and everything. Yep. Yep. yep and then, yep. God, dude, I wanted so badly. For literally any creepy pasta to be true, yeah, I love the idea of creepy pastas being true. Because if you don't know, the made-up story is there's this weird cartoon of Mickey just walking down the street, and it's like on film. And as it goes on, the film gets more and more burnt and damaged, and the background noise is just like these hellish screams. And they're <laughs> like, it at the. It lasts for 12 minutes, but only the first nine minutes have been documented online because someone killed themselves after watching the 12 minutes and wrote something <laughs> creepy on the walls of Disney Animation Studio. And it's just like, no, that didn't happen. But the imagination is wonderful. And as a kid with an internet connection, that is haunting. And you're like, I can't wait to tell the boys at school about this. Well, when you're on the, when you're a kid on the internet, everything is true because you yeah. don't realize that people can lie on the internet. So you're just like, there it is. So like, dead. Bart, I think you understand Squidward. that people can lie on the internet, but you're unaware of how to make stuff like this, like that high effort. So I think you like you see the effort as a kid, and you're like, oh, this is real. Well, yeah, because it's on a wiki. Yeah. Like I think I think if somebody just posted on a blog, you're like, I don't believe that. But if it's on a wiki, dude, wiki. If I saw an animation real. of Suicide Mouse, I'm like, oh, that looks like Disney. Therefore, it's Disney. Yeah, I'm bought in, and I love the yeah. the the cop out of just like, yeah, this is kind of scary. But the real scary stuff happened after this, but nobody has ever seen it. So we're not showing you because then you'd commit suicide. <laughs> what an excellent Trump card. Just like, that's how you get them out of it. We're doing this for your benefit. We don't want you to be too scared. Yeah, and I think stuff like that is interesting. I think a lot of the, you know, let's talk about like the classic ones of like Tails Doll and all yeah, that. Yeah, Because I was never really into creepypasta outside of being like 10 years old on the internet. Sure. You didn't I think make that's it your whole prime personality. Demographic. Yeah. I grew out of it very quick. But I was so entertained by this because I was like under I think it, that's probably the best time to get into these fictional stories because oh, yeah. you can believe it at that age. Genuinely, it's the same as Five Nights. Like the reason Five Nights is so popular is because there's a whole like there's an age range where you're too yeah. old for Barney, but you're too young for Freddy Krueger. And what yeah, are you going to do? The world is convincing at yeah. that age. Yeah. 
And I think that's the beauty of it and why Creepypasta worked on me back then, because I wanted all of it to be true, and I believed it was true. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus. Hmm? You're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. I think like yeah. a lot of Pokemon stuff. I don't remember all of it, but it all starts with like, I bought this game cartridge at a garage sale and yeah. then I put it in and the game told me to kill myself. So I did. Now I'm a ghost. And you know, it's stuff like that. And I'm just like, whoa. Maybe maybe ghosts are real. I would read that, like that and I'd be like, I don't think that guy did it, but I bet someone did. You know what I mean? Like I would be yeah. like it's an urban legend kind of thing. And that's kind of interesting, the idea of like these urban legends and myths in the digital age, right? Like mm -hmm. cause there's always the story of like the hook on the car door and the old stuff because you're you're necking at makeout peak or whatever. Yeah. Oh uh, and oh go on, go on. Yeah, and then it turns and then it just turns into like Slenderman or really just Slenderman. Is there anybody else that's like transcended? I don't think so. Creepypasta? No, I think Slenderman was kind of the one. Good what for about, him. Uh, yeah, good for him, man. Uh, Squidward Suicide? That was a big one. Yep, Squidward Suicide and Dead Bart. Those are my two favorite. Dead Bart? Yeah, Dead Bart's... <laughs> oh, dude, Dead Bart is hilarious. Well, not yeah. really. Bart died. We should show him some respect. Uh, yeah. Bart Simpson dies. That's really it. I, I could tell by the story. Yeah, I don't remember exact. There's a screenshot... There's an old episode of Simpsons where they're trying to go to it's either Krusty Land or Itchy and Scratchy Land. I can't remember. But mm -hmm. Lisa busts into Homer and Marge's bedroom carting Bart in a wagon and she goes, Mom, Dad, Bart's dead. And the whole bit is like dead sick of or no dead serious about going to Krusty Land. But like mm -hmm. that provides such a good audio clip for anybody looking to make an audit because it is the actual <laughs> voice actress for Lisa just exclaiming that at the top of her lungs. And yeah. there's no hint that it could be fake. It's I, that probably confused many. Children. I am on the creepypasta fandom right now under, under the Squidward suicide and the top comment says all caps with a Lilo and stitch profile picture that says WTF. I am not watching this. <laughs> And I'm just happy that this still exists to this day. Oh, my God. This comment was made in June 27th of 2021. That's, yeah, the, it, the one oh, I'm talking about? Yeah, I just yeah, saw it's it. it's very I, new. I thought, I thought you were explaining. I was like, okay, this is like from 2008, right? 2009. No, very no, recent. These kids are still finding this stuff. That's amazing. Oh, I like man. this. This is from May of 2021. It says, petition to remove this scary video. <laughs> Take it all the way to the top. President Biden, take this video down. <laughs> this instant. Man, that's unreal. This person, why did the Squidward scene, suicide scene get deleted? They replaced it with cringy baby Squidward. So this person is like, this person is rebelling against their generation, right? Well, They're they adult did enough reference to Squidward's suicide in SpongeBob recently. Oh, they did. I forgot. Yeah. Dude, I forgot. He opens the door. 
Yeah, it's like, I don't understand the episode entirely. I guess me being 25, I'm not caught up on SpongeBob anymore. But I think the episode is something like they're in like this time realm and they can look through all these portals of different lifetimes of Squidward. And one of them is Squidward's suicide in SpongeBob. It's just like the face in it, which I'm sure you've probably seen is like Squidward with like the blood red yeah. mist eyes and everything. And it's, he just opens it for a second, ah, closes it. And the, I think that's the entire joke, but it's kind of like, oh, the internet is being referenced. How do you feel about that? Because I got to be honest, I mm-hmm. kind of hate when the worlds collide. Like when TV studios do internet stuff, I just like... I I do too. I was yeah. watching the new iCarly out of morbid curiosity. And, you know, a lot of the humor in that is very relevant internet memes or... Uh, um, like millennial existential dread humor sure. type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where I can't quite figure out why I have such a problem with it because I I think it's well-written at times in the sense that like, oh, this is me being 25, how I would talk to my friend who is also 25. Yeah, Like they kind of nail it on the head. They talk about like, memes but in a way of like okay let's try and create one for virality and i'm like that's a real conversation for anyone who's worked in like social branding yeah Uh, people try to accomplish that and it's like they nail the head on the nails like of all these topics with the internet but it just still feels wrong to me because it's like it's as if the internet is too new is even though it's not, it's just like yeah. there's this line of internet culture, yeah, and the line is Hollywood, yeah, and and I don't know how you penetrate because it feels exploitive. You feel like yeah. you're, I don't know how you get around feeling like you're being marketed to because for some reason the internet feels deeply like intimate and personal to you, yeah, and anything you see on a screen in terms of like you know produced content or something in a studio doesn't. There's this disconnect. And maybe like if iCarly was a YouTube video, yeah. I don't think I'd have this problem because that feels like, oh, made by the people for the people, even though YouTubers nowadays yeah, yeah, yeah. have teams of people and all that. They have writers, they have editors, they have producers. I but think it that's still what it, just feels closer. Yeah, I think I think at the core of this is the same thing as like the parasocial question of like Twitch and YouTubers where it feels like just a person, right? It doesn't yeah. feel like that even though the worlds are sort of merging in that also, way. Also, glad we're on this topic, but better yet, I'm even more glad that we're away from eugenics. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> well, phew, we got out. We got out of the hole. Good. Okay. Uh, we're not, we, we, get, we got through it. We got past it. It's like you're on a road trip and there's a crazy bad storm and everybody's driving at 10 miles an hour, but now careful, we're careful. It. Don't, don't walk back in the eugenics hole. Just <laughs> talking about parasocial relationships and iCarly. Leave it alone. I was going to say, it feels like it feels so weird when these TV shows or whatever reference internet stuff to me, but I feel like it's, I don't know if that's my boomer brain, right? Cause I'm millennial. Yeah. I'm 32. I feel like kids probably like it, but there was an instance that affected me personally. And I feel like such an asshole for this, but mm-hmm. I can't get away from it. So, um, you know, the new ducktail show, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know the DuckTales moon theme. 
Yeah. Yes, from like, the the NES game. Everybody knows it. But yeah. you guys know it if you're the listening. arpeggio. Yeah. Um. Did you know that they referenced the moon theme on Ducktales? I did. Yes. Uh, I that hated felt wrong. that. Yeah. I hated it, and I don't know why because it's a sweet moment. It's a cute callback if you know the stuff, and if you don't, it's just a pretty song. I I don't know why something in me is repulsed by this. I don't know if it's because like I have this weird sense of like, no, mm-hmm. that's my song because I grew up with it and I'm I'm against like feeling explo I don't know what it is because it's it is objectively a cute little moment. But basically what it is is it's they reveal that the melody or the rhythm of the moon theme is an old lullaby that like, the, Huey, Dewey, and Louie's mom used to sing to them or something. Yeah, it's, that is cute. It's cute, but I hate it, and I don't know why. Yeah. I think this is different but similar of, like, in Space Jam 2, how they reveal Bugs Bunny as B- Big Chungus. I like that, though. Okay, but... <laughs> I don't know why. I like that. That's funny to me. I think it... I Maybe I have a weird gamer brain where it's like, no, the games are mine, but Chungus is for all. Chungus is made for everyone. Yeah, everybody deserves Chungus, you know? I, I How I feel about it is they have... To, it, it was a meme made of their IP mm-hmm. of this already billion-dollar company, so why wouldn't they? I think they have, like, a Looney Tunes, like, mobile game, and they released Big Chungus as a character in it. They did, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, like, one, on their end, why wouldn't you take advantage of that situation? Yeah. And two, also, I've seen this thrown around a lot, but this really messes with my head. Do you... It is... The timeline checks out, and it's extremely possible for Hitler to have seen Big Chungus. <laughs> How does that make you feel? No way. No way. I, it is possible. He lived in the same universe. I don't think Hitler ever saw Big Chungus. I think Hitler saw the cartoons of Bugs Bunny and Donald Duck and all those people making fun of him, mm-hmm. and he probably got really mad. But I don't you think he saw Big Chungus. else that's crazy? Albert Einstein could have seen Big Chungus. I feel like he did. I think that one makes too much sense. Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling that Einstein probably like left Looney Tunes in the background as background noise, you know? Yeah. And he probably I, like, while he's doing Do you think he stuff, watched it and was like, that, was, that wasn't possible? <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> no he's way he expanded his... He expanded his mass <laughs> immediately and then immediately contracted back down. No way. He pauses, goes to the chalkboard for 10 minutes and was like, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you, th- you think it's like a it's like a Newton moment where the apple falls on his head? He's like, huh. Uh, Einstein sees a rabbit grow two times its normal size and is like, wait. And then he realizes it's a cartoon. I <laughs> don't think he had that realization. I think like once you become so smart, you become... Like, you know, I, I think it was like, what is the horseshoe theory? Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. he was it, so smart where he became void of like common sense. Yeah, it's the scatterbrained professor, right? It's like mm-hmm. that sort of trope. I could, I would feel bad for Elmer Fudd, honestly, because that is the moment of his greatest humiliation. And now it's and plastered Einstein all over saw the place. It? Yeah, yeah. And now Einstein is like, wow, he really roasted that hunter guy. And Elmer like is just, 
he wants to be legitimate, you know? He's trying to catch mm-hmm. the rabbit. I don't know for what. I guess it's just for a meal. But, like, I feel so bad for that guy. Now it's all over the internet and everything. Man. Yeah, I think it's really just... There's so many people still alive in that time period, but it's mainly Hitler and Einstein that shocks me the most who could have seen Big Chungus. There's... Well, yeah, probably those two. I mean, Churchill, right? He's... Yeah. He... Pretty much anybody from that time... Wait, so that means that, man, that means that Chungus was, like, shortly before the atomic bomb, right? 1941. So, like, even Martin Luther King Jr. could have seen Big Chungus. Oh, I wish we collected their brains for posterity. In the future, in some cyberpunk universe, we'll be able to Mm -hmm. scan through the memories and the experiences and the the life of influential people. And I feel like we're going to see something like that and be like, huh, that's weird. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Just to think that they saw this cultural phenomenon, which I am describing, Big Chungus yeah. through history. Like, there's gonna be like a a president one day who had like a 100 subscriber YouTube channel that did like I don't know tech deck, uh, skateboard flipping tricks or something that nobody mm-hmm. watched, but like nobody will ever know it. But one day um, we'll go into that guy's brain and be like, wow. Did you know that a big chungus predates the atomic bomb by four years? Wow. Okay. So he lived in a world that hadn't yet lost its innocence. I think he was. I think he robbed people of their innocence way before the atomic <laughs> bomb did. I think that was more of like dessert. Yeah. yeah. Like people see big chungus and the perversion of his form just it's it becomes, a warning. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a harbinger <laughs> oh. of what's to come. Mm-hmm. God, what other have there been like other memes from like long, long ago? I don't that, know, but I feel like maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like Looney Tunes are slowly coming back into cultural relevancy. Am I making that up? I think Big Chungus was like the gateway for that. If I'm being honest, you think so? Like I outside, that, outside of just um, like Space yeah. Jam, I see like. Wow, like I see like there's that Twitter account that's like perfectly cut Looney Tunes moments. There are like people, I think people are trying to find the next big chungus in old Looney Tunes, and there's a lot. Oh, that's an excellent point. You know? Because someone gets to say, oh, I was the first one who posted Big Duck. <laughs> Doesn't there, roll off the tongue, but. Yeah, I don't know what else. I don't know how you do that, though, because if I saw a pic, if, if, if I did not see the big chungus meme and I saw bugs bunny do that i wouldn't think to take a picture of it i'd be like no that's kind of silly how do you Uh, make the next big chungus i think like all memes like the best ones are not artificially made where it's kind of like someone with 200 followers posts it and then it just happens to go viral but you can't manufacture it you know it's like yeah i think how do you do it because i don't know if this was the conception of Big Chungus, but this was the first time I heard of it, was the tweet was someone at GameStop said this lady asked, uh, she asked to buy a game for her son and her said son said she wanted this game and she showed him a picture of it and it was Big Chungus and then it just said Big Chungus with a PS4 logo on it. And he said, can you send me that picture? And then he posted it to Twitter, which, you know, is that story real? Who knows? But (laughs) like, it's not. that that was the first time I saw Big Chungus. And in my mind, it's way funnier 
if it started as a prank this son made on his mom to go to GameStop <laughs> and ask for a big chungus for PS4. Why would how would the kid get a picture of this? How would he why would he be the first person to take a picture of Big Bugs Bunny and do that? I don't that know, kid's but a, a I hero. really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to believe that's the truth, even if it's not. Now I'll definitely lie to myself, even if I'm wrong. Kids are funny. Kids like, are funny. Yeah. That is it's, true. It's 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 bizarre the the things that a creative young mind will think of. Most young kids aren't funny, but some of them are just that's Big Chungus is objectively funny. So whoever was, came up with that, well done. I was at a friend's house and they were hanging out with their nephew who was like four years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just talking to this little kid and they recently had something very tragic happen to where uh, my friend, her brother, no, her sister's husband passed away mm-hmm. and they had two kids who were very, you know, having two kids, I think they were like maybe six and seven. Now they're very sad. They're depressed oh, at yeah. such a young age. And now they're, for the first time in their lives, they're starting to understand mortality, which is something kids usually don't need to think about for a very That's long horrifying. time. Yeah, it is. But they've been very down. So this three, this four-year-old I was talking to was telling me all this drama of their lives that I should not have known about. Oversharing, yeah. Yeah, oversharing for sure. And... I was like, so how old are you? And they held up their fingers and it was like three and their pinky was bent. He goes, no, four. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And he goes, yeah, I'm going to win the birthday challenge. Chapter one, Wafer welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wafer helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love chapter two. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. And I go, hmm? He goes, I'm going to have more birthdays than, than you. Oh my God. And I don't like clearly he's not understanding what he's saying. I, but this kid is threatening to outlive not. me. Yeah, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> this sounds like the plot of like a Blumhouse film. Like this is yeah. definitely some kind of sinister horror film. Oh my he god. He definitely said uh birthday challenge, though. And I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> and then he was talking about his cousins who are he's like, they've been so sad. I'm definitely gonna beat them in the birthday challenge. They probably don't have much left. And I was just like, oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> this kid doesn't realize what he's saying to people. No. He's just going it around sounds like he's them, casting hexes. Yeah, I was going to say, this kid is uh, establishing curses on everyone around him. <laughs> Somebody needs to tape his mouth. Jesus. Yeah, and he was just bragging about how he likes the birthday challenge. He's going to have a sixth birthday. He's going to have a 20th birthday. He's going to have a 50th birthday. And I was like, are you going to have a 100th birthday? And he goes, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have a 100th birthday. Oh, everybody thinks they are at that age, yeah. right? That's so sad. Yeah, of course. I'm going to live yeah. to 100. And now I'm like, why would I want to live to 100? No. Yeah. There. So when I was way younger, I watched South Park. when uh, uh-huh. I, But like before I should have been allowed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a South Park kid, right? Um, But I had the VHS tapes. And in the VHS tapes, they had like openings where 
Matt Stone and Trey Parker uh, basically intro the episode, blah, blah, blah. And in one of the intros, I'll never forget this, Trey Parker says something to the effect of, like, growing old terrifies me. That's why I asked my family to put a bullet in my head by the time I turn 30. And I'm, like, you know, 13, 14 watching this. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 30's so old. That's funny. Like, it's, uh -huh. it's a, I, I get that it's a funny joke because 30 isn't actually old. But I do think in my head, like, man, I'm going to be 30 in, like, 100 years. Mm -hmm. And now I'm 32. I definitely could get into the, the, the topic more of like, I don't want to be too old and just not a functioning human being. That's yeah. the scariest thing in the world to me. Yeah. But uh, I would like to talk about, I mainly watched like a lot of Simpsons growing up and then me too. Uh, and yep. Family Guy. But I was mainly on Newgrounds. That's where my corruption started. But something that, that I've never quite... Out. That yeah, checks you. out big. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like 10 years old on Newgrounds. And oof. Yeah. anyways, I think it's so strange that everyone who watches American Dad, the second thing they say after saying they watch American Dad is it's so much better than Family Guy. Yeah. As if they have to prove it. And I think it's so strange that that's like a phenomenon that transcends all cultures of everyone who mentions American Dad has to then relate us to Family Guy. Yeah, every time. I, I I have that friend. I have a friend of mine that's really into American Dad, and he says yeah. he hates Family Guy. And I think it says less about American Dad and more about the sort of shifting of cultural tastes away from Family Guy. Because, like, you guys got to understand, when Family Guy came out in, what, 2000, 2001, it was so goddamn funny. Like seeing the thing you know on the screen was was so funny at that time. It was like, wow, Kool-Aid mm -hmm. Man. I remember that. And then I don't know if it's an internet thing or like an early web culture thing, but like it just got less and less appealing over yeah. time. Because let's say like I think family guy humor is I, people might not like the truth here, but it's very similar to like online zoomer humor oh yeah and it's mainly because it's one random and two it's references yeah and people love to be included in things and i think references is kind of like the golden opportunity to make something like that happen yeah so whenever you combine references with xd random humor i think that just sets up for like wow I feel seen because on Family Guy, it's just pop culture, pop culture, pop culture, pop culture right. and an era where it wasn't really happening. And then I think a lot of people um, who watch that show young kind of went on to become YouTubers. Right. In that initial era. And I think even if they didn't like attribute Family Guy in that early period to so like their success, I think any comedy show will form your comic tastes. As, as time goes on. So I think like, even I'm realizing this as I'm saying it out loud, it's like, I've never thought of this, but I'm like, I, I, I like what I'm saying. And I, it probably did form a lot of like how I view comedy because in that early, early years, family guy humor is just similar to what YouTube was. Yeah, there's no question. It's, it's about shared experience, right? You're laughing because <laughs> you not only know that thing, but you had the same thought about that thing when yeah. you were like the whole joke with Kool-Aid guy is like, 
when you're a kid, you watch him burst into the house and you're like, oh, that's wow. That's cool. He what if he that. did it at inappropriate times? Yeah. And then like as you get older as a teenager, you're like that would kind of fuck up my house. Like he shouldn't do that mm -hmm. all the time. And then you become an adult. and You're like, I had that thought when I was younger. That is weird. Right. Yeah. And I think that's kind of neat. Um, but, but I do I think, think going back to what you mentioned earlier yeah. on like the the Hollywood division line. Right. Of that's like where I was going to go. Acceptable yeah. and what's cringe. Yep. I think now that humor is so prominent in online pop culture to where when you see it on cable, it doesn't hit as hard. It feels more like pandering almost. Right. I think I think Family Guy gave sort of web culture a catalyst. It gave it a boost mm -hmm. and now we're past it. I feel like in a weird yeah. way, there was this weird there was this phenomenon when I was a kid where there was this age where you were too old for Barney but too young for real stuff. So you just hated Barney. Like yeah. you yeah. you wanted to yeah, kill absolutely. Barney. You wanted I think Family Guy is Barney. Like now you've grown out of him in terms of your taste. At least you want to think you have. And uh -huh. so you're making fun of it or ironically, you know, Family Guy funny moments whatever when really it was it was formative for you. It had to have been, you know? Yeah. I think Family Guy is is like the teenage Barney in yeah. a lot of ways and I think that makes person per a uh, perfect sense. Cuz like I I viewed it as when I was a kid, I loved Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And then it became cool to not like Pokemon. So then I hated Pokemon. Wait, did it? Deep, I mean, well, I think just being younger, uh -huh. it was like uh, when you're in like late middle school, yeah. everyone is trying to act older than they actually are and saying, I hate gotcha. this baby gotcha, game. Because gotcha, gotcha. yeah, 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 this yeah. game's made for babies and I'm not a baby. Yeah, And then I, I would kind of submit to the peer pressure of it and be like, yeah, I hate this game too. Like even then I knew I didn't, but I yeah. was like, I have to maintain this persona that I'm not a baby. Yep. I know I'm exactly cool what you're talking about. And not a baby. So I think in a lot of ways that kind of is family guy and it's such a widely accepted thing, which I'm not like, you know, giving it high praise or anything, but I think it's a very formative thing, especially at the time it was released. It's incredibly influential. Like you gotta, yeah. you have to admit that. And one of the things that's really funny, so that exact experience and sort mm -hmm. of to tie all of these things up in a bow in a weird way. Um, so that exact experience of like, no, of course I don't do that baby thing. I'm not into that. I'll never forget. So I am older than my younger sister by 10 years. So gotcha. we're almost like entirely different generations, right? And I used to watch mm -hmm. her uh, when I got home from school. So I'm like 12, 13. Uh, she's two, three. Um, maybe even when I'm 14. So she's four. And I would come home and she would watch Teletubbies, right? Yeah. And Teletubbies, at it's not really so much now because people are used to it with like Johnny Johnny on YouTube and weird kids YouTube stuff, whatever. Mm -hmm. But specifically back then, Teletubbies was the weirdest shit on TV. Like, it's just colors and videos that play twice and just nonsense. And me and being... And the cooming vacuum. Yeah, like Snoo Snoo. I think that... No, I don't think that's Snoo Snoo. That's Futurama. I don't know. But the vacuum doing... Letting out custard everywhere, whatever. So I wanted to watch new, it. New It's new new. New new. That's what it is. Yeah. I would... I, I wanted to watch it because it's just nonsense. But there was literally an episode of Arthur that had this exact same plot. And I will never forget it because it is the most, 
Like, I did not know how Arthur was this in touch with me personally because Arthur watched Teletubbies. He said he didn't at school because everybody made fun of him. And then it turns yeah. out all the kids at school were doing it. He said he was just doing it for DW. But like, I was Arthur in that moment yeah. and forever. And I could not believe they nailed it on the head. That's I think it's incredible. the same exact thing as the Pokemon thing, as the Barney thing. That exact time in your life is so relatable. Mm-hmm. Where it's everyone is trying to act cooler and older than they are. So they're saying, I watch Family Guy. And then I'm like, Mom, why, why, why can't I watch Family Guy? I want to watch Family Guy. And she's just like, no, that you're 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 a ten. <laughs> you shouldn't watch Family Guy. I know we're sort of going long, but do you think there's like I think about this a lot. So the 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 early like before the baby boom, there's a lot of culture is is sort of categorized by earnestness, right? It's about yeah. being upfront and and honest with your intentions. I think honesty right now is actually very in. You it's think so? Crazy. Like it's just yeah. called wholesomeness, right? It's sure the wholesome yeah. movement. But I think I, like especially on YouTube, it's just the thumbnails are much more honest. Like they don't try and Photoshop it to look unrealistic. Sure. They unrealistically Photoshop things to look more realistic. And I think it's terrifying that it's just like mm, it's simple. Simple yeah. is in right now. Like I, if you yeah. look at like gaming YouTube or any YouTube, it's no longer like this this grand title that summarizes the whole project. It's always I did this. And yeah. that's just what sells right now. It's just simple as in. Well, it's the same with like uh, like small ant or like gaming challenges like Mario, but yeah. you can't jump. And it's yeah, like, it's just noun verb. I wonder if I, I, I wonder this a lot, if culture will continue like building and spiraling upon layers of irony deeper, and deeper, or if it will like reject and the pendulum swings the other way, it gets sick of being like of posturing all the but time. How do we know that's not how it's always been? Because I think we're, you know, deep down, like I kind of look at like, oh, irony started like forming when I was a teen. Yeah. But I'm sure everyone thinks the exact same thing. Like, I mean, stuff with like uh, a Seinfeld and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure, sure behind closed doors, they were like, this is a stupid bit if we do this, right? Like, because no one would actually do that. Like, I'm sure the writer's room is much more casual than you would expect for a like a sitcom Hollywood show. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a function of the world getting so much bigger for you. Like the whole world is in your pocket and you see so many perspectives yeah. as opposed to like just seeing what Hollywood is producing and putting on the screen. I just the, think the curtains have been lifted. I think that's it. Yeah, I feel like it might be just like the democratization of content and the fact that everybody has a voice now. We're talking it, about how Family Guy yeah. doesn't or is like it's evolved. So that's this web humor and people rather go to that than the actual cable show. Yeah. But and then you think about like what's selling box office things and it's like Marvel movies because yeah. no one's making those on YouTube. Good point. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like a new generation of that disconnect of, OK, this is Hollywood stuff and this is amateur yeah. stuff. And the Hollywood stuff is now green screens, um, CGI like that is the differentiator, not necessarily the content mm -hmm. itself. Because like any any college kid can make Citizen Kane today. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I rewatched Space Jam one after Space Jam two, yeah. and I was like, this just feels like a, a YouTube video because it's just Michael yeah. Jordan green screen <laughs> into animation. Yeah, and I was like, that it it shocked me. Smosh could it make genuinely this. feels yeah. Smosh yeah. could make that, and it's just crazy that like 
one, it's a sign of technology changing. People are becoming smarter, more proficient in their ta- in their crafts. But it's just crazy that Space Jam 1 could have been easily made by a group of people. Man, this is, dude, this is fat. Look, we're at an hour. Um, I, I could this talk about this. This is a topic this. we revisit. I was yeah. going to say, I want to come back into this. What's so funny? Let's do hit the bell. Ding, ding, ding. How do we get here? We drove onto the road mm-hmm. of eugenics and Mickey Mouse, right? A pit stop of eugenics, I we, might say. We literally blew a tire. And we uh-huh. stay there for a little <laughs> bit, waiting for AAA to come. And now we're going at 100 miles an hour. And unfortunately, we got to go get some food. So we're going to take a little break until next week. But But hey, next week, we have a thrilling topic. We're not going to talk about the middle school project of Space Jam, but <laughs> we could talk about the societal impact of correcting you are grammar. Which honestly is kind of a throw, uh, through line with what we're talking today. There is a, uh, there are parallels, but um, I don't think you guys realize how important the first grammar Nazi was to online culture in general. I think that's going to be a fun thing to talk Stay about. Stay tuned next week. And you might get an answer or it might make zero sense, which is equally possible. Yeah, but you have to tune in either way to check it out. Uh, yeah, Twitter handle is HDWGHCast at Twitter.com. Follow us there. How Do We Get Here is produced by Deanna Gallen, Jacob Rabin, and Zach Zeeks. Our theme music is composed and performed by Garrett Williamson. And our engineer slash audio producer is Justin Asher. So we'll see you next week. Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.